the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. I saw her sitting in the rain Raindrops falling on her She didn't seem to care Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic, and Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. Well, the weatherman says we're going to get some rain this weekend. My brain knows it's necessary and a good thing for the grass and the trees and everything else. But I only want it to rain at night. So <laughs> I don't know who I talk to about that. But it, <laughs> the people I've been talking to, it doesn't work that way. I can't complain, so, uh, you know, haven't we enjoyed all the beautiful sunny days this past week? This week was practically perfect. Uh, I was finally able to take a walk out on the, uh, the lawn and uh, get it mowed even without worrying about sinking in here or there or getting my shoes full of mud. Uh, so just looking at how... Uh, lush and thick the grass is and the trees this year and everything seems to have a beautiful hue of of green to it. There's a certain vibrant shade to it. It does the soul good. It's almost like some sort of a uh, meditation. It's just beautiful. In my neighborhood, the farms are plowed and, and pristine. Uh, they look like a picture postcard for a beautiful Ohio advertisement. Uh, the stores, or the, the nurseries are starting to sell their annuals. And I saw my first sighting of our family of geese with their little goslings. Uh, warmer weather and summer are almost here. And my only issue then is we, we are in northeast Ohio. And we do know that there is a fast-changing weather patterns. And, uh, and we need to enjoy every single beautiful day. That we're given, and when the rains come, we'll find a time to uh, either go inside and get take care of our uh, house chores, or we'll start to review our financial plans or and build those financial plans around our dreams and goals. This past week, the markets pointed to a recovery as traders hoped on talks in Washington. Uh, to break a deadlock for raising the debt ceiling. Uh, anxiety that uh, the leaders in 
Washington might not be able to reach agreement in terms of uh, raising the debt ceiling before June 1st had been unsettling the markets. Uh, that anxiety is the reason that the equity markets have been stalled for the past two weeks. And this uh, past Thursday, uh, stocks advanced after uh, House of Representatives Speaker Kevin McCarthy told reporters that the House of Representatives would vote on a debt ceiling as soon as next week. Following McCarthy's remark, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, said negotiations are currently making progress and told colleagues to be ready to come back to Washington uh, on 24-hour notice for a potential vote next week. Uh, the That's when the, uh, the Senate, next week is when the Senate is scheduled to be in recess. But uh, the markets were surprised on Friday. There was, there was kind of, we were kind of leading up to, oh, we've got a solution here. Well, uh, the GOP negotiators they basically walked out of the talks with the White House officials about uh, sometime before noon on Friday. Uh, McCarthy said an increase in spending sought by the White House is, quote, not going to happen, unquote, and said it's been frustrating uh, that the White House continues to push for more spending in the talks. Uh, but after things cooled down, I suspect each side went, had a chance to meet with their camps. Uh, negotiators resumed talk on Friday night uh, to avert a catastrophic U.S. default hours after the uh, uh, after a Republican walkout punctured optimism that a, a debt limit deal was near, and uh, that. Uh, uh, punctured optimism led to a drop-off in the stocks Friday. So yesterday, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said that the discussions would restart uh, following a pause of several hours earlier in the day. And uh, uh, the, uh, the talks yesterday, but uh, to no avail, uh, they broke off for the weekend, and there's no uh, scheduled meetings uh, between the principals. Anyhow, I, I suspect the, uh, there is negotiation among the, uh, the aides and things of this nature. Uh, let's see. McCarthy said in an interview that, quote, it's true that we took a pause because of the frustration that this White House would not acknowledge that we're spending too much. And uh, uh, as we saw this week, the markets are following the debt ceiling negotiations rather closely. Uh, and Congress and the president basically have to solve this problem. Uh, they've got to get this thing resolved because uh, right now the, the national debt stands at $31.4 trillion. And uh, uh, that's the limit has been established in the past for uh, raising the uh, how much debt the United States uh, can put on the books. and uh, But the debt problem, it, when you look at the whole situation, the debt problem is more of a symptom of a bigger spending problem. Uh, several months ago, uh, President Biden presented his proposed federal budget for 2024 fiscal year, and uh, the, that fiscal year starts October 1st of 2023, and the proposed federal budget that he proposed is $6.6 trillion. That's $6.6 trillion, and the most uh, recent uh, federal revenues total uh, was $4.7 trillion. That $4.7 trillion of revenues to the federal government consists of the uh, personal income taxes, the corporate income taxes, the payroll taxes that uh, uh, for Social Security and Medicare, uh, the excise taxes, and the tariffs. You know, just about every dollar that the federal government 
uh, pulls in is included in that $4.7 trillion, and we have a budget for 2024 of uh, $6.6 So uh, they have to solve this problem first of raising the debt ceiling, but the, the other problem has to be solved, too. I don't know exactly when, but the stage is set basically for Congress and uh, the president to solve the debt ceiling uh, issue uh, within the next month. Uh, the House of Representatives has passed a bill that would uh, raise the debt ceiling by $1.5 trillion or until next March, whichever comes first. However, the bill also contains uh, $4.8 trillion in proposed deficit reduction measures spread out over the next 10 years. So uh, whatever the negotiators come up with, you know, the negotiators from the House of Representatives, the, the Senate, and the President, uh, they whatever they agree to uh, then has to be passed by the majority of the House, uh, 60 senators, because, you know, they have their different rules of what constitutes a majority, 60 senators. And it also has to be signed by the president. And they've done that multiple times before. And I'm confident they can do it again this time with, a, you know, maybe a little bit more drama uh, than before. But they all know the uh, what has to be done. And they're all, uh, what is it called, seasoned negotiators. So they've been this, they've been through this before. And, uh, once we get this out of the way, then we could get back to uh, getting the budget squared away, as well as paying, uh, investors can pay attention to what's going on in the regional banks. And uh, uh, who is it? Janet Yellen, uh, the Secretary of the Treasury, uh, she indicated that this week that several more of the regional banks uh, should consider. Uh, consolidation with some of the bigger banks in order to improve their their uh, financial uh, condition. And then we can get back to conquer inflation, which is coming along. We're down at 4.9% uh, inflation, and uh, uh, the expectation that it'll be down to somewhere close to 3% by the, um, the uh, third quarter in the uh, August, September, October, that that type, that time frame. Uh, so we're getting close to the the end of inflation, and uh, uh, maybe the the possibility of recession is diminishing. Uh, it's hard to tell this uh, when people start talking about this debt ceiling. Uh, recession moves off the table, but it's still out there. Uh, this week, global equities were mixed. In the U.S., the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the Standard & Poor 500 and the NASDAQ Composite were all up for the week. If you watch what happened this week, they went up. And then on the optimism that they were going to reach some sort of an agreement on the debt ceiling, and uh, then they had this... Uh, a Friday episode where uh, it doesn't look like there's a solution that'll be uh, ready for next week. So uh, then we came down again on Friday. So, uh, but we ended the week up uh, in the United States. While in the UK, the FTSE 100 uh, was down for the week, and in the European Union, <clears throat> Germany's DAX. And the stock uh, Europe 600 were both up for the week. And in Asia, uh, equity indices were mixed. In Japan, the DK225 was up for the week. But in China, the Shanghai Composite uh, was up for the week, while Hong Kong's Hang Seng was down for the week. And on Friday, the three major stock indices closed the uh, closed the week at. Uh, Dow Jones Industrial at 33,000, 
426.63, and it was up uh, 0.38% for the week. And the Standard and Poor 500 uh, closed at 4,191.98, and it was up 1.65% for the week. And the NASDAQ Composite closed at 12,000. 657.90, 657.90, and that was up uh, 3.04% uh, for the week. And uh, one of the things that uh, <clears throat> when we take a look at what's going on in the uh, economy, uh, what we're seeing is that uh, the uh, uh, consumers are still spending. Uh, the uh, the Department of Commerce came out with their retail and food service uh, sales report. They come out with it every month, and it noted that uh, Americans boosted their retail spending in April for the first time in months. So retail sales, which are measured by spending in stores, online, and restaurants, rose a seasonably adjusted uh, four-tenths of one percent less uh, last month from the month before, after declining in both February and March, as according to the Commerce Department. And consumers spent more on autos and dining out last month, while boosting online purchases. Uh, they cut spending on gasoline and on big-ticket purchases such as appliances and furniture. So. Uh, the report uh, doesn't doesn't present the whole picture. Uh, it doesn't include uh, services such as healthcare, education, travel, housing, entertainment. Uh, those numbers will be re- will be reported later this month. So, what you saw that uh, retail sales uh, rose 1.6 percent in April from a year ago. So uh, I just mentioned that they they went up four-tenths of 1% from March to the end of April, and uh, they indicate that they went up 1.6% from April of last year, which is kind of funny because, uh, you know, the inflation during that particular time period, that one-year time period, was about 4.9%. So if you were keeping up basically with uh, inflation, you'd be increasing that by about 4.9%. But as I said before, that's the, the, the number we have there in terms of the spending. And this, this report doesn't include all the spending. And uh, the reason we pay attention to the consumer spending is because that's the primary driver in the U.S. economy, and uh, the uh, uh, Tuesday's uh, retail figures add to a mixed picture of economic activity, you know, with the Federal Reserve raising the interest rates to fight inflation. Uh, They've raised them so high now that it's really slowing the economy down, and uh, April's modest increase in retail spending that may reflect uh, consumers' continuing shift from uh, large amounts of goods, and you know, which basically when the COVID hit, uh, everybody stopped spending for entertainment and, and the evening out and uh, things of this nature, travel, and everybody uh, had the Amazon. Uh, to use to buy things, but uh, so there was a big demand for goods uh, in the, the start of the COVID, and but now people are out and about spending their money for concert tickets, uh, 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 dining out, airfares, vacations, things of this nature. So in the big picture, you've got the the manufacturing sector. Uh, the U.S. economy has been slowing down uh, for a while. It's not falling off a cliff. It's just slowing down. 
and the part of the economy that is picking up is uh, the uh, uh, evenings out and the entertainment and the travel and the, and the uh, accommodations and things of this nature. So if you take a look at what the report said, online retailers uh, uh, in one month, in, in April, online retailers increased 1.2%, dining out uh, expenses increased six-tenths of 1%, home improvement uh, a half of 1%, auto one-tenth of 1%, and uh, uh, retail and food services four tenths of one percent uh grocery stores uh went down four tenths of one percent electronic and appliance stores went down a half of one percent furniture stores went down seven tenths of one percent these are all numbers from you know the retail sales for uh april and uh gasoline stations went down eight-tenths eight of one percent, and the department stores went down 1.14 percent. So uh, it basically shows that the economy is is moving forward. We see that in the unemployment numbers. The, uh, uh, the labor markets are tight. People are spending their money. Uh, the uh, the economy is doing good. Now, that's that's good news and bad news for the Federal Reserve. It's starting to conquer inflation. Uh, they, they've got the housing is slowing down. The home sales are slowing down. Manufacturing is slowing down, all according to their plan. But there are certain sections of the economy that are not slowing down. And the labor market is uh, uh, one area that uh, while the Federal Reserve doesn't doesn't uh, uh, focus on it too much, they they have commented on on several occasions that uh, it's going to be very difficult to get inflation down to uh, two tenths of a percent per year when raises are up at uh, uh, five and six percent per year. So. Uh, in their in their mind's eye, I'm sure the Federal Reserve uh, would like to see a recession uh, to be able to get those raises uh, down, as opposed to everybody that's looking forward to getting those raises. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, uh, different people are hoping for different things, but basically, what you're seeing is. An economy with the consumers are still spending, uh, and uh, in, the, uh, in the big picture, it's still a strong economy, and uh, this getting inflation down is is going to be more difficult as we get it down closer to three percent. So, uh, one of the things we we talk about the big picture, we're talking about. Uh, the economy and the Federal Reserve and billions and trillions of dollars and stuff like that. Uh, that's that's important uh, because it affects our jobs, our livelihood, our our, uh, uh, our financial plan. Where we we're trying to save enough money to uh, put a down payment on a on a uh, house or. Uh, enough save enough money to uh, get married and get a, a family started, or save enough money to get, you know to uh, pay for school and things of this nature. So <clears throat> we have the big picture, and we also have uh, our own financial plan. Here, our financial plan basically runs the gauntlet from anything from the kids are interested in. Uh, um, you know, finding an apartment and getting a car, uh, something that runs, uh, getting out of uh, school, paying off uh, school debt, uh, um, getting a good job, 
where they can see their way forward to <clears throat> raising a family, starting a family, raising a family, and anywhere that keeps on going as <clears throat> you know the the uh, the family costs big money in terms of the standard of living, in terms of houses and uh, activities and all the rest of the stuff that goes along with the family. And then you've got retirement. So during all that time, you have to take a look at your goals and, and uh, uh, visualize them and say, okay, uh, how much do I need for this and for that? And can I afford uh different things. You know, you, you put your financial plan together and you, it's, it's, you make sure that you meet your uh, financial goals that you started with. And by that, I mean you you allocate your your paycheck to uh, savings and investment and things of this nature. Uh, and then it's only a certain portion for spending. Uh, and then you then you stay on top of this plan and make changes to the plan as you as the as you get older and the plan gets older and you accomplish certain goals. Uh, sooner or later, you end up with that. The primary goal will be making sure that you have enough money when you retire at uh, sixty-five or seventy or seventy-five. Uh, that you can last, uh, you can use that money together with your Social Security or maybe you've got rental income or maybe you've got a pension. Uh, use all those assets to get you to uh, uh, get you to 110. Okay, so basically it's a matter of staying on top of those things. And that, that financial plan gives you a roadmap so that you can make decisions, you know, down the down the pike as you go as you get older. Hey, uh, do you want another house? Uh, do you want a vacation house somewhere? Uh, can you afford it? So you sit down with your financial plan and say, uh, I might have to give up this or this. So you can weigh things in terms of what are you giving up? Are you giving up your your child's education for a vacation home, uh, and uh, sit down and make uh, make rational decisions with regard to your alternatives. If you've got a plan, uh, then hey, it's a matter of you're looking at your roadmap and you're you're deciding whether you want to change that roadmap or stick with the original roadmap. So, uh, this is Jim McAleese. Uh, you're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us give us a call over our toll free number. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. That number is one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Now stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAlee. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. 
Now, one of the things we talked about uh, originally was, hey, uh, the, the markets right now are focused on basically what's happening to the uh, the debt ceiling issue, and uh, that if we believe the June first number. Uh, then we have a basically, I don't know, a week and a half or two weeks to solve this problem. Not we, Congress does. And, uh, but a lot of times, uh, the, uh, the number, the date, what they call the X date, which is now June 1st, keeps on moving out. Suddenly they find money from here. They find money from there. Uh, you know, more money comes in at a certain times when they, Corporations have to pay their taxes and things of this nature. So, what you see is that that X date could move back. It could move in, move back into July, and then uh, they maybe could, they could uh, come up with some sort of an emergency patch where they say, "Okay, <clears throat> well let's let's increase the debt ceiling by a hundred billion or something like that." Uh, just to give us some breathing room, so that uh, you you could visualize a scenario where we're still working this problem into September. So don't get your hopes up. <clears throat> these are these are uh, causes for great political drama, and uh, you just we just have to live through it all. But that's getting back to the the big picture in the economy. Uh, one of the things that the Federal Reserve is trying to do is slow the economy down. And the tool that they're using to do that is basically increasing the interest rates. And the inter- they've increased the federal funds rate so far uh, up to five and a quarter percent. So uh, that's the maximum uh, number. And uh, there's questions about. Uh, what are they going to do at their next meeting in mid-June? And uh, there are different scenarios that uh, people talk about in terms of uh, will they just uh, not, have they stopped uh, raising rates and are they going to keep it at five and a quarter and uh, then pause? Are they going to announce a, a pause in June? Or if uh, the uh, inflation is not coming down the way they wanted to. They could increase it. They increase the interest rates, and uh, and then pause. So they, they've got different options, but the options basically seem to be in two scenarios. One, uh, they finish the uh, increase in, in interest rates, and at the June meeting they'll pause for several months. Uh, the other scenario is that uh, uh, they'll increase the rates a quarter of a percent in June and then pause for several months. So uh, those seem to be the two top scenarios right now. And uh, one of the things that they're aiming at, and they they hit the target uh, fairly fast when they started increasing the rates, was the housing. And the housing comes in and two flavors, one's existing houses, and uh, what's happening to existing houses, that's a big uh, sector of the economy, and the other one is uh, uh, residential construction, new homes, and what's happening there. So let's talk about the existing houses and see what's happening in that particular area. Uh, According to the National Association of Realtors, uh, existing home sales for April, which are basically completed transactions that include uh, single-family homes, townhouses, condos, co-ops, that fell 3.4% uh, from March to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of uh, 4.28 uh, million homes You know, over a year's period. That's, that's an annual number. And then uh, year over year, uh, so they, they, they basically home sales slumped uh, 3.4% in uh, 
March from April in in April for March, and uh, they also slipped uh, 23.2 percent from April of last year. And uh, when I mentioned a second ago about completed transactions, that refers to closings. Uh, that's not merely the acceptance of an offer subject to financing and inspection. You know, in, in buying a house, you generally uh, make an offer, a deposit uh, subject to financing and inspection, and then uh, you uh, there takes some time to go through all the checking on the the uh, <clears throat> the uh, paperwork for the house and things of this nature, and then that's all taken care of at the closing, uh, where they uh, move the move the money around, and you get a deed, and uh, they get their money. So uh, what we're talking about here is completed uh, transactions, and that refers to the closings. So uh, that means that uh, the sales that we're talking about might have been agreed to in maybe February or March, and now they've gotten around to closing these sales. So according to the National Association of Realtors, uh, Chief Economist Lawrence Young, uh, he says that the home sales are bouncing back and forth and remain above uh, recent cyclical lows. Uh, The combination of job gains, limited inventory, uh, frustrating, uh, fluctuating uh, mortgage rates over the past several months has created an environment of, uh, you know, push, what he refers to as push-pull uh, housing demand. It, it, it fluctuates. A, <clears throat> a persistent home sale uh, problem has been the limited number of homes for sale. Uh, Total housing inventory at the end of April uh, was up 7.2% from March. I think that's because of the the spring selling season for houses and uh, 1% above one year ago. So, but still in all, the it's in housing is in short supply. Housing for sale is in short supply. Uh, unsold inventory. Uh, basically sits at a 2.9-month supply at the current sales pace. You know, normally, uh, in a good, uh, efficient market, uh, you should have about uh, maybe five months' worth of inventory uh, that you can, people could look at and make decisions with, the, with regard to. But, but uh, I talk to my clients, and... Uh, I'm hearing, I'm hearing stories like, well, hey, <clears throat> there's nothing new out there. Uh, that uh, we looked uh, a few uh, a month ago, and we didn't find anything we liked, and we looked again, and and uh, uh, the same inventory. We're just we're just looking at the same houses again. So basically, what's happened is that uh, people have. Uh, you know, people have gotten their, have refinanced their homes, and people have just bought homes and things of this nature, and they've got the 3% uh, 30-year mortgage money, and they're very reluctant to give that up. In other words, if I, if I, uh, if I got my mortgage at 3%, and I, I want to do house, and I got a, uh, go back into the mortgage thing environment where uh, mortgages, 30-year mortgages are around 6.5% now. So the mortgage rates and interest rates have basically over doubled. <clears throat> so uh, only, only 2.9 months, less than three months supply rather than the usual uh, five to six months supply uh, the median existing home price for all housing types uh, in April was $388,800, and that was a decline of uh, 1.7% from April 
2022. At that time, it was 395,500. And uh, we saw uh, prices rose in the Northeast and the Midwest and retreated in the South and in the West, particularly in the West. They're in the South, too. You know, the uh, housing prices in California are notoriously high, and uh, to the point where you're, you you double take if if you would actually try to buy and uh, go to see these houses, and uh, it's becoming similar to that in Florida now too. Uh, the housing prices are going up and up and up, and are basically they have hot markets. And what you're seeing right now is that the hottest markets were cooling down a little bit, like in the, the West and the South. And the, uh, the more traditional markets, the Northeast and the Midwest, uh, they're still, uh, the prices are still moving up. We'll see that next week when they go through the uh, case fill of the home price index. Uh, Lawrence Young, <clears throat> who's at the uh, Chief economist for the National Association. Uh, he commented roughly half the country is experiencing price gains, even in markets with lower prices, primarily uh, the expensive West region, a multiple offer situation every turn in the spring buying season following the calmer winter market. Distressed and for sale uh, property sales are virtually non existent. So and uh, even in even in the, the today's market, the uh, home the homes continue to move. Properties typically re- remain on the market for 22 days in April, and that's down from uh, 29 days in March, but it's up from 17 days in April of 2022. And uh, basically, 73% of the homes that were sold in April were on the market for less than a month. So that is, you know, anybody that's lived through the the, the old days, uh, that is really a fast turnaround. And and uh, first-time home buyers, they're still in the market. First-time home buyers are responsible for about uh, 29% of the sales. In April, and uh, uh, sales have uh, slowed dramatically over the past year as the thirty-year uh, mortgage rates moved up from three percent. According to Freddie Mac, the thirty-year uh, fixed-rate mortgage averaged six point three five percent as of May eleventh. Uh, that's down from uh, six point. Three nine percent the previous week, uh, but up from the five point three percent a year ago. And if we take a look at single family homes versus uh, uh, condos, uh, single family home sales in April were down three and a half percent from March, and down twenty two point four percent from the previous year. So, and the median median Existing single-family home sales price was three hundred ninety-three thousand three hundred dollars in April, and that's down uh, basically two point one percent from April of two thousand and twenty-two. But these are national prices, and they include the the West and the Midwest and the South and the Northeast. So you really have to be careful on how you interpret that with regard to the Cleveland area. And uh, if you turn your attention to condos, uh, in April, condos were sales were down 2.3% from March and down 29.5% from a year earlier. And the median existing condo price was $348,000 in April. And that was an increase of... Uh, uh, seven-tenths of one percent. Now, if we take a look around the country, those four regions that the National Association of Realtors uh, looks at, uh, 
Uh, what you see is that in our region, in the Midwest, existing home sales uh, declined uh, 1.9% from one month ago, and uh, they dropped 21.5% uh, from the previous year. So uh, the median price in the Midwest was $287,300, and that was up 1.8% uh, from April of last year. In other sections, in other sections of the country, uh, the Northeast uh, uh, sales were down 1.9%. In the South, sales were down 3.4%. And in the West, uh, sales were down 6.1%. Uh, and just to give you an idea what the median home prices were in our area, well, in the Midwest, uh, you say the median home price is $287,300. In the Northeast, it's $422,700. In the South, it's $357,900. And in the West, it's $578,200. So, uh, totally, uh, totally out of price. <laughs> That's just my opinion, though. <laughs> it's, all, it's always been like that. So, uh, what you see in the in the uh, in existing home sales, the existing home sales, their one of their problems is uh, the inventory. You know that uh, the people have uh, refinanced their mortgage or bought a new house recently and. They've got the lowest rate, the three percent rates, and they're a little reluctant to. Uh, uh, it's keeping them in their homes uh, longer than you would expect because they don't want to give up those uh, 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 low interest rate mortgages. So, uh, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll free number. It's one eight eight eight. Two eight one eleven ten. Now stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Club. This is your host this morning. Jim McAlee. Well, let's talk. Let's continue talking about houses. We talked about the uh, sales of existing homes and the prices and uh, the availability. They got that uh, uh, problem with uh, inventory. Uh, and now let's talk about new home construction. And uh, in the case of new home construction, is slowing. Uh, it's been slowing. Since the mortgage rates have increased, and the the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development they keep track of new home construction in their monthly new residential construction report, and the one the latest one is for April, and uh, uh, that that basically shows us that uh, uh, the the uh, new construction isn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. In other words, when the, when the uh, Federal Reserve increased these interest rates and, and pushed the 30-year mortgage rate up to around 5.5%, uh, the feeling was that the home construction was going to fall off the edge of the earth, but that really didn't happen. And one of the things that... Uh, has protected the uh, the uh, uh, new home construction is the lack of uh, existing homes for sale. So people look and they say, well, uh, there's nothing that I really like for sale in existing homes. And then they would they go over and they take a look at the uh, brand new homes. And uh, which is, you know, if you when you take a look at a brand new home, you know, what isn't there to love, you know? I mean, People fall in love with these things. So, uh, 
uh, it's always like, uh, oh, don't do that, but people do it. And uh, uh, right now, they're getting a lot of business just from the very fact that there aren't existing homes for sale. So uh, what it shows us is in terms of uh, April uh, from March, the permits were down 1.5%, and the starts were up 2.2%. Now, if we compare that to a year earlier, what you'll see is that the permits were down 21.1%, and the starts were also down uh, 22.3%. So the, the housing industry uh, is down 20% of where they were last year, but uh, they're doing fine in terms of, you know, they're down, in state case of permits, 1.5%. In June, or not in June, in uh, in April, and the starts are up 2.2 percent. But that's not the whole story. The, when you take a look at single family versus multifamily, what you see is that in the case of the single family, uh, the starts are up uh, 1.6 percent, and the and the uh, Multifamily, the starts are up 5.2%. And if you compare that to a year ago, you see that the for single-family homes, the starts are down 28%. And for multifamily homes, the starts are down 11.7%. So basically what you're seeing is the affordability, uh, you know, with the entry, increase in the interest rates and the increase in the cost of building, all the rest of the stuff, uh, people take a look at the housing costs per month and they say, can I afford a single family uh, versus a multifamily? So the multifamily is the more bang for your buck in terms of square footage. And uh, uh, that's basically uh, what they go for. So what you're seeing is that uh, uh, the... the uh, Housing situation is new home construction is there, according to the latest survey of uh, single-family home builders from the National Association of Home Builders, which shows that uh, a limited existing inventory of existing homes for sale, which has put a renewed emphasis on new construction, resulting in a solid gain for builder confidence in May even uh, as the industry continues to face uh, several challenges, including building it, building material supply chains, uh, tightening credit conditions for construction loans, uh, builder confidence in the market for newly built single-family homes in May uh, rose five points to 50, according to the National Association of Home Builders. So, uh, New home construction is taking on an increased role in the marketplace because many homeowners with loans well below current mortgage rates are elected to stay put. And uh, uh, a, a need for incentives to move these houses. In other words, some of the incentives that they were using in the past were uh, the share of Builders reducing home prices has dropped uh, to 27% in May from 30% in April. The average price reduction remains at 6%, and 54% are offering some types of incentives to bolster sales in May. And that's down from 59% in April and 62% last uh, December. So, uh, they're getting by, and the, the existing home sales is is really helping them to get by. The other the other, the other thing with regard to what's happening in the economy is that uh, industrial production and capacity utilization shows that industrial production increased a half a percent in April from March, which was kind of a surprise. I was expecting a, a reduction, and 
And uh, uh, and this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Silently the morning mist is lying on the water. Captive moonlight waiting for the dawn. Softly like a baby's breath. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim Bacalese, and uh, as the new, new graduates are coming out of school now, and what kind of words of wisdom do we give these new graduates? And there is an article from uh, Kelly Case, and I'll, I'll give you some of her, her pointers right here. First, uh, don't knock it until you try it, and then travel light through life. Keep only what you need. And then what you do is seek out people and places that resonate with your soul. And remember that just because you can doesn't mean you should. And remember that happiness is not a permanent state. Uh, Wholeness is. And just don't confuse the two. Uh, Never lie to yourself. And if you have an opinion... You had better know why you have that opinion. Ask for what you want and wish on stars and, and basically wish on stars and everything else that you want to wish on and then get back to work. And uh, again from Kelly, uh, fall in love often, particularly with ideas and art and music and literature, uh, food and faraway places. And then remember that naps are for grown-ups too. And remember to question everything except your own intuition. Uh, you have enough. You are enough. And repeat that to yourself. That you are amazing. And don't let anybody ever make you feel that you're not. If somebody does, walk away. You deserve better. And... One of the things that if you only carry one thing throughout your entire life, let it be the hope that better things are always ahead. Let me hope that you will get through the toughest of times. Let it be hope that you are stronger than any challenge that comes your way. So until we meet again next week for more of Get Rich Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.